What's up guys? We back to the spin zone. The boys and I just came back from Coorg where we had lots of pork. So in uh, post I'm going to be speeding this up by uh, 2.5. So it sounds normal now but the recording is much slower. <laughs> We're like super lazy right now. <laughs> we ate so much pork which is ready to pass out. <laughs> yeah, it's just perpetually pass out. Today the whole day I'm feeling damn sleepy. Oh yeah? Yeah, I don't know if it's a travel. I think it's I don't think it's the pork you eat over the last 2 3 days. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. That's a, that's unlikely. Yeah. But yeah, the occasion was that uh, everybody wish Malik a happy birthday, dude. Just uh, subscribe, like and uh, put the comment in the chat, happy birthday Malik. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once we have a chat, we can actually look at that. Yeah, there's at least on Spotify there's uh, question answer is there at least. Oh shit, seriously. Yeah, you can leave a comment and all. Oh, on yeah. any podcast. Yeah, I think there it's it's If you are uploading through Spotify's thing, it's enabled by default. Need to turn your volume down. Yeah. Check now. <coughs> Check. Hello. If it's enabled by default, yeah. if if it's enabled by de- like if you upload it through Spotify's thing, it's enabled by default where there'll be a question and an a- and you can play leave an answer. Yeah, hey, that's pretty nice. But like I delete that because I feel question answer is not very useful. So I put oh. polls instead. You put what in polls? I put the like, last 3 4 episodes I've been putting a poll. Have you gotten I, any responses? No, only like one. Oh. I don't think people notice it yet. Yeah, I, I didn't even know podcast had that option. Where do you listen to podcast? Spotify. Like exclusively oh. Spotify. Oh, you know how on Spotify when you scroll up the lyrics come up? Yeah. So on podcast when you scroll up the poll and everything will show up. Oh, nice. And the episode description and what not. Hey, yeah, that's nice, dude. Yeah. That's a cool feature. Dude, the UI for podcast on Spotify has become damn crazy, dude. Hmm? I j- Every once in a while, no. I just look at Spotify's podcast section. I'm like, should I give it? I've I, I'll use it for one day and then I'll not use it again. This time I came back and I used it, and I saw that like, pardon my take, they have chapters. Hmm. Like, and while uploading to Spotify, you can put those chapters. Like from here to here, we talk about this. Here to here, we talk about that. So those show up like proper. checkpoints in the spotify oh thing. like what youtube has yeah what youtube has exactly hey yeah. that's oh to that's actually super helpful yeah and they encourage you to do that if you're uploading from spotify at least so wait you don't use spotify for podcasts no no i use apple podcasts why 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 would you not because use? i was an early adopter of spotify for podcasts uh-huh. and i was asked that time oh okay so i was like i'm not dealing with this <laughs> like i've oh. been i've been listening to podcasts for like 10 years or any spotify comes and you know oh yeah fuck yeah you are yeah. definitely one of those people who's been listening for 10 years yeah so then i've i'm used to like very specialized app with lots of features and lots of customization mm. spotify didn't have any of that not that apple does but i feel it's uh, the episode and library management and apple podcast looks better than spotify's wow okay Yeah. I tried using Apple Podcasts a long time ago but then mm. I think I got frustrated with it because it was slow to download episodes for me. Hmm. And I don't know at some point it just became easier for me to use Spotify for everything. Hmm. Yeah, I think the downloading is a strange thing because some podcasts for me are faster on Apple Podcasts downloading, mm. some are faster on Spotify. Some very strange oh, thing. I don't Do know if it's even the app's fault, yeah. Okay, I I have like a different question related to podcast though. Hmm. Do you ever get bored listening to podcasts? Yeah, when I get bored I just switch to another podcast like but like you're able to listen to like long form content that's hmm. like one to was hmm. in one stretch. Yeah, yeah, and let me think. 
like the really long ones i listen to are not very informative like they're just for fun mm-hmm. like a sports or like your mom's house or something okay so if i get bored and zone out and come back it's not i'm not losing i'm nothing's bad has happened oh, okay so yeah. you can still follow along with the conversation just completely yeah because it's super chill it's not anything you know and at part of my take like today's episode they're recapping all the games from uh, from the weekend mm. so now they're talking about this game that game in the middle i'll zone out on one game i don't care about those two teams it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah Nice. it's chill yeah but for if i'm listening to an informative podcast where the goal is to teach you something then if i zone out no then i have to rewind i go back and i listen mm if i uh, yeah i only i make even if i'm bored and even if i keep zoning out i'll go back and try and at least finish the episode properly yeah i only give up on the episode if it's some egregious thing like these two people are idiots like whatever listen to these two people are dumb fucks then or it's like somebody's voice is just so exceptionally bad i can't do this mm. yeah like i tried to listen to the joe rogan uh, rfk episode ah okay macha his voice fucking i can't listen to it dude i couldn't Why? it's the fastest i've ever gone off dude like few seconds i can't listen to more than few seconds of Why? rfk what is wrong with his voice dude it's so gravelly dude it sounds like as if there's knives in his throat Okay, I think I kind of remember his voice like a yeah. little bit. Like it's a super rough voice, right? Yeah, and it's it sounds like I don't, it it evokes like, you know, thoughts like pieces of metal jangling around a bag of marbles, like you know, it's like oh, that to me. Fuck that. Yeah. Oh. It's like that I could uh, fuck. I don't even know what they spoke about. I was <laughs> I was out in 30 seconds. Oh shit. No. Yeah, that way some people have like a very appealing voice to podcasts. Mm. Like everybody who does one of those NPR podcasts. Yeah. Their voice sounds super nice. Like it's I- I'm willing to bet NPR hires proper people for it. Like they look for like voice, voice actors. actors yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they hire voice actors. Definitely. Uh, yeah, NPR people are definitely voice actors. Their their stuff is too well produced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But actually I feel one interesting topic we could talk about talk about is while we were on the coke trip we had that discussion about how uh, you keep listening to the same songs over and over again mm. and as a slow input of new songs mm. whereas who was it Matthew me yeah. and Sid no Selon Belly ah like I think we I think Matthew and I not to jack our own dicks <laughs> but I, but I think we maybe explore more music than average person yeah belly probably. also probably belly yeah. which real realm is only god knows <laughs> so we this little, little we don't have much information yeah but no but yeah the three of you def- definitely explore more music than the average yeah. person but I just thought it was such a fascinating experience how when I was being a passenger princess with you, you know and I had your phone I saw the loop button was on yeah <laughs> I was like, what is what? Yeah. <laughs> why is this? I'm so confused. The the loop button is always turned on on my Spotify. So just for the viewers now or the listeners, like so the way you listen to music is you find a new song, and then you bang that song into dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a rough way of putting it, but essentially, yeah, that's what happens. That's rough. Imagine the song, dude. What it, <laughs> <laughs> like that song Water by Tyler, Tyler came huh. out, I think like end of October mm-hmm. I think by the time my Spotify rap came out that was my most listened to song Yeah that song came out in like fucking like <laughs> the, the last two months October, of the year yeah, the that two rap comes up at the beginning of December Yeah So December not even counted <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> In November you heard it so much it became a top song Yeah 
Dude, I'll have like a session where like if let's say I'm lifting hmm. and I will put one song on repeat. Hmm. And that ch- lifting session will be like maybe 40 45 minutes. Uh-huh. So this is like a 3 minute song. Yeah. See, yeah, I've so noticed I, you Parteshwar and K do this. Yeah. But I was like, okay, see, gym is not counted because do whatever you have to do to get into the zone you need to be mm. fine. It's not counted. Mm. But we're in the car and it's on loop. <laughs> Means what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really don't know, dude. I mean, to be honest, like outside of the gym, I really don't know how much I really like just listen to music. Hmm. Like you know, like actively listening to music. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is not something I really do. Okay. Yeah. And I I don't know why. I feel like for me, like auditory input isn't like enough of a stimulation. Hmm. Or maybe because I've just never gotten into the habit of like just putting on a pair of headphones and just zoning out for a while. Yeah, actually, when we were discussing, you brought up how you. when you have free time like i i think very few people these days actively listen yeah. matthew does but i also it's reduced so much i hardly ever do it but uh you were saying that whenever you do listen to things you're listening to a podcast and cleaning up or doing yeah. something other if or i'm cooking. listening to something usually while traveling or something yeah. or even while walking around huh. it's usually a podcast hmm so i was saying during those times just try an album You know, I don't think I've ever heard an album front to back. That's that's insane to me. I don't know. Dude, how, I don't, yeah, know how I don't think this. there's a single <laughs> album I've heard front to back. I mean, at some point, I might have heard like ninety percent of the songs uh-huh. on it, just like by trying out different songs, or either because the album was like such a big hit uh-huh. that I just ended up hearing most of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever sat down uh-huh. and listened to an album like all the way through, even once in my life. Like I could never imagine doing that. I'm stunned. <laughs> I I'm trying to think only. Like, how is this possible? I don't know. See, for me, I feel like I just. I think maybe some people, maybe even you, think of an album like a book. Huh? I just don't think of an album like a book. Hmm. Like when you are listening to an album, hmm. why do you listen from front to back all the way through? One thing is because see my excuse, Matthew, it would be more interesting to hear his. No, I, I mean, just, yeah. just I want to know why huh. you do it. For me, like the genre that like metal is a very album based genre. Oh, okay. Especially the older bands. Okay. So lately, everything because of Spotify and streaming has become very single oriented. Yeah. But metal has always been like an album thing. Okay. Yeah, and even if if even if it's not like the the band has constructed like this grand narrative to the album or anything, just like there's a flow to the songs. There's hearing hearing the song by itself and hearing the song where the band put it in the album sounds uh, it it has a different vibe to it. Okay. So you're yeah. saying like you okay okay i get what you mean like mm. there's a certain vibe they created yeah. especially in the transitions between songs. Hmm. and do you want to experience that vibe yeah and why they put certain songs here and there and also have you, so you've never experienced the ultimate form of this which is this album listening front to back but there are things called concept albums i have no idea what that is a concept album is literally a book it's a story okay yeah so uh, there's this band in flames which might oh, have heard yeah, of metaphor yeah yeah i've heard of so when songs. they used to be like a proper classical melodic death metal band 
they had an album called horacle a horacle yeah not the horacle like just horacle okay okay then it's a little bit not that well named but it's very, mm. it was it's a, it's a collection of 10 melodic death metal songs from the 90s mm. it's a banger just by itself it has a you know but the lyrics and the vibe is the story of a civilization not unlike humanity that rises you know builds wonders becomes corrupt deceives itself and then collapses like the album is like a story through that oh shit yeah okay so when you let's say you were listening to this concept mm-hmm. album by in flames right yeah like to grasp the meaning of it ha huh. like are you just listening to the lyrics and deriving the meaning for yourself huh. or do you read somewhere about what the album is supposed to represent and i blah, first blah, blah, definitely blah. heard that it was a concept album so i knew it before going into it okay you knew what the concept was yeah i knew what the concept was also that it was supposed to be about the society that built yeah, up yeah that there was a story going through it but when i'm first listening to it i don't focus on that okay first i'm just trying to figure out like i'm just seeing if i like the music mm. so then the first time i heard it front to back it's just a musical experience and then the and then metal though you can't understand the lyrics only half the time mm. so then the second and third time would be like re, like listening to it while the lyrics are in front of me so like seeing how the, seeing what exactly the vocalist is saying mm. and then being like oh okay i see how he's put this concept here and all that and then the fourth and fifth times i i won't see the lyrics in front of me because mostly i'll remember the important parts of the parts i like wait fourth or fifth time like you listen to this album front to back more than once yeah 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 what my uh, childhood formative years uh-huh. in flames dark tranquility at the gate these are the, this is like the holy trinity of melodic death metal they all went to the same like uh, city in gothenburg sweden uh-huh. and they were all high school friends and all that and like oh. the main crew of them made a band in high school called septic broiler that was just a chuma high school band and broke apart but all of them they all went into different ways and formed these three bands and those three bands set up the genre of melodic death metal wow yeah That's a fucking crazy story. It's a mass, so it's like some proper anime shit. Yeah. And they all do different different things. Like In Flames was just extremely creative. They didn't want to be shackled by the like like one genre, mm. which you've heard. You've heard an In Flames song. So like they do different different shit and also they're little controversial that way. Dark Tranquility was melodic death metal but in a modern way. They wanted mm. to make it a little bit more modern sounding, not like old school. And At the Gates was like fuck you, only <laughs> old school. Like the drummer is only doing <laughs> 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 like they broke up after 1998 or something and then came back in 2016 and the album was like as if it was from the 90s like the exact same thing <laughs> wow yeah so like it's all it's a trippy thing those bands i've heard their albums front to back multiple 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 times like okay so when you listen to this album yeah. you do it in one sitting like you don't break it up like you're not getting up like halfway through going and doing something else then later you're like oh yeah i still have some free time No, no, I'm doing it in one sitting only. In like, so let's say the album is like an hour through. Mm-hmm. So like, I was just sitting in one place and vibing out to the music. Yeah, if I, if I remember correctly, I would have had a phone and headphones. So maybe I would go to the living room, walk in my house, walk, go to the but other like room. But like, you're in. But the my focus zone. is on the music. Maybe I'm tripping here and there, but yeah. Fuck, dude! I definitely have ADHD then. <laughs> like, I do. I cannot imagine doing that. See that's it. I was going to bring up this. I don't think it's the case that you don't have the patience for it. Okay. I think you haven't discovered what there is a genre or there is a band out there which is going to like tickle your balls so well. Okay. That you will do what I did. That's my theory. 
See, to be fair, I have heard like a bunch of different music. Hmm, hmm. Like it's ne- it's never been the case that I've always thought like yeah no like I just don't I'm not even going to try listening to that genre. Yeah, yeah. So I've tried everything from like alt rock to pop to hmm. like country hmm. to um uh even some metal like nowhere close hmm. to as much metal as you've listened to hmm. but like some metal a lot of hip hop. Hmm. But I just I I don't know dude like I've never found like a specific genre of music that has spoken to me so much I found specific songs okay like for example like, like there are country songs I heard when I was like 17 18 that I still remember okay and I still think are like bangers mm-hmm. like that guy Eric Church okay yeah mm-hmm. you've heard of him I've never heard of him okay no. yeah so like just I used to find my music from like googling the like the billboard hundreds uh-huh. charts for different categories yeah looking for music that way hmm. maybe that's why cuz like my hmm. search for music is always involved like looking for singles okay i've never really listened to albums all the way through like to be hmm. honest like until like a few years ago when i heard you and matthew talking about it i didn't even realize like album listening was a thing oh and i then i realized that okay that was like the primary mode of like hmm. in which people would consume music for like the longest time hmm Yeah yeah it was always used to be albums only yeah and that's how the concept of like a deep cut was there what is a deep a, cut a deep cut is a deep cut is like an a song and an album that never became a single mm. so it's not famous so when you play but when you play it it's a banger or oh, the entire album is a banger you mean or no one song from that album ah okay so then i the, i think it's referencing how on a vinyl no ah. it makes it makes grooves not makes cuts oh this is a deep cut from this album oh, not many shit. know this okay is yeah Okay. That's interesting. Also, I don't think like most pop music really goes with the album narrative, right? I think the album essentially got destroyed once iTunes came along. Hmm. When I, when iTunes let you buy a track for 99 cents. Yeah. I think the concept of the album really took a big hit, especially in mainstream music. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, there's even Yeah, I have heard albums like front to back like dozens and dozens of times like my favorite favorite brand cybreed they didn't they made a sort of pseudo concept album but i derived a lot of meaning from it it was mm. like it was it was called the pulse of awakening okay it was this dude i mean the it was from the perspective of the vocalist and he was trying to essentially find the meaning of life mm-hmm. and like what everything is and what should we do here and that kind of sort of typical philosophical questions but then the album was more of a wailing like tor- like him being tormented by the fact that he couldn't find it that it's not that and then towards the end slowly resolved to the fact that it might not exist wow yeah it's it's damn deep and like i heard it in high school and that album and that band made me suddenly feel like very less alone not that i felt very lonely mm. but i suddenly felt very connected because somehow i an indian mallu kid whose family is in the middle east and i'm in the middle east in muscat right now with headphones on i'm it's i feel like i have a perfect <coughs> some some swiss french guy in switzerland who's the vocal of this band wrote lyrics where he's experiencing the same emotions i am feeling about life and all so it's like oh like you know there is a sense of it's the world mm. isn't that lonely i think we're all going through the same thing only crazy Huh. 
I feel like everybody who is not obsessed with music, you just have to find the right niche. I think. I, I think. I, I. My theory is that everyone, there is a soulmate of music out there. Some, oh yeah. Some genre it might not even be genre. It might just be band. Hmm. And it might not even be band. It might just be album. But something is there where, once you find it, nothing, nothing else will ever itch, like scratch your itch that way, and you'll be really, uh, you know, obsessed with it. Like Pratik in college was never into music that much, famously. <laughs> so he just, it was just like fine, you know, it's cool. Yeah. But he was never he was never he never had a thing to explore it. So even that time also I realized this might be the case because I can't fathom like how how am I like this and how are you like this? It has to be the case. Like I refuse to believe that I'm unique here. Like there must be a genre that makes you feel about music the way I do. Okay. Do you feel the same way about books? I haven't read enough. That's the thing. See, because I always felt that way about books. Huh. Like I couldn't imagine somebody not reading. Huh. But I've realized that there's tons of people out there for whom that it just isn't scratched by reading. Oh, oh I guess I felt that way about styles like uh, J.K. Rowling really, you know, mm. had a hold of me for a while. And then when I read the, I read a John Grishman novel, this novel, that novel. But then I, when I read a Dan Brown novel. That style I really liked because it was so accessible, mm. and like he had this genius move of me. He basically was wine for book readers. Yeah, <laughs> like his chapters were six seconds. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. ending was like, then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> then the chapters on the same page, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because like I've always felt that way about reading books, which is mm. like it's helped me feel connected and all of yeah. that. And whenever I come across people who don't like read at all, like mm. it's just not a thing for them, that blows my mind. Mm. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a thing that some people find what they want through reading, and some find it through music. Or I, I don't know if it's possible for people to find equal enjoyment in both. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess you know we've had this discussion before where you're <coughs> more connected to reading things, yeah, and I'm more auditory based. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I'm yeah. definitely way more connected to reading. Yeah. You know, I know you don't like... You've, we've told that you don't get the hype of Kendrick Lamar, right? Yeah, I don't do it. I mean, huh. I've listened to his music. Huh. It's cool. Like, it's fun. But I think it, the people who really get into him are the mm. ones who try to really understand his lyrics. Yeah. Which I don't think I ever really make too much of an effort to do. Because I know mm. you actually, like, go read the lyrics. Huh. Try to understand like the phrasing he's used, what mm. he's trying to reference, all of that. Yeah, I'll do that every now and then. Like, okay. If I really like a song enough that I've repeated it like mm. fifty times every now and then, I'll like go look up the lyrics just so I can sing the song while it's going on. Mm. And at that time, I'll figure out what the meaning is supposed to be. Okay. But most of the time, I don't. Like for me, he makes cool beats. He has a cool flow, and mm. that's about it. Like I like catching like certain phrases he says. Hmm. But I just don't think I'm one of those people who can just listen to a song and immediately pick up on everything that's being said. Like yeah, it's rap hard. takes some time to yeah understand all the the inside jokes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and even then, I feel like there's just like a certain cultural aspect to it hmm. that I'll never be able yeah, to pick up there's, on. Yeah, there's a certain aspect of it that we'll never understand. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen like one thing I really love to do, which people find very hmm. odd, is I like watching reaction videos of people listening to music. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. So like somebody listening to and a song I really like, like yeah. that guy Saint John you showed me. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, he had an amazing song which was called Roses. 
no not roses uh, that was a really popular one okay uh there were some more niche ones one was the one you showed me called three below mm-hmm. another one was 5000 singles okay that one i probably think is my favorite song of his 5000 singles and like i was watching a video of these two black guys listening to it huh. and the shit they were catching was incredible dude yeah you, i think you said like their uh, even their enthusiasm was very infectious yeah, like yeah their enthusiasm is something else like mm. for them like they're really feeling the lyrics maybe because huh. it's just part of their life also yeah but uh sorry what was i saying earlier that's one that that's your favorite song of his and no there was a reason i started this Uh, anyway yeah mm. so i was just saying that yeah that's like my favorite song of his i like watching his reaction videos mm. but like there's certain cultural aspects of it i'll never be able to pick up on as mm. easily and i don't know if i'm willing to put in the effort to go read the lyrics mm. try to understand them like research it more it just i don't know i feel like music is just something i want to vibe to not research hmm Okay so music is not the realm where you want to like really be very intellectually a lot of load should be there because no. you already do it with podcasts because your podcasts are generally informative right yeah but also like when i think about music i don't want any intellectual load over there okay like i just don't equate music with thinking no like i would never want to think while i'm listening to oh, music oh that way yeah i don't think i ever thought about music like that okay it's it's just feeling things yeah yeah and is and through the music and through the lyrics you're they're able to make you feel something more specific like uh, but see figuring out the lyrics especially for like hip hop mm. songs or metal songs mm. requires some intellectual effort some mental effort does it really that much because it's just reading it and then feeling whatever you feel that's the first valid thing figuring out what the artist meant is a totally different story mm. but uh, i'll read the lyrics and uh, maximum of word i don't know is there and i'll google that that's it but other than i'm just reading the lyrics while the song is playing and i'm feeling what i think it means mm. Like for example, no Kendrick Lamar's album uh, "Good Kid, Mad City." Yeah, I've only heard it a few times front to back, and I definitely haven't heard like only half of it or so. I've had the lyrics in front of me and gone through it. But dude, the impression of that album I got is that it's like almost like a slice of life anime. What do you mean? What is a slice of life anime? Slice of life anime is where there's no real plot happening. Is there's no real setup also like a world building or anything. It's just it starts with some chick in a coffee shop and she has a cat and it's very cute and wholesome and she goes home and it's about adventures like that. Okay. That's called like slice of life. You know. There isn't a real reference to the outside world. Just some stuff is happening and you fill in the blanks. Yeah. So he, he's talking about in that in that album about his life when he was really uh in the in the streets. Like okay. when he was living that kind of life, and talking about and all the fun they had, but also how every night when they did something wild, like they were this, he was this close to being in jail for the rest of his life. Mm. So, and then the the conflicting emotions because yes, that was fun and that that's his family and that's where he grew up, but also that's not sustainable. Mm. Like what it's like for someone for a black man in America to be born into something, and then 
having the level of consciousness to realize there's something wrong here mm. this is not good behavior but this is what i think being a man is oh shit and that then that conflict and then you know hitting on girls and all that and doing drugs and then one by one as you grow older your friends either are going to jail or getting killed in the streets and then kendrick ramar himself also killed somebody at some point mm. so just it was just like that i suddenly the meme way of saying is i was black that like for for 40 minutes i was black <laughs> <laughs> or at least kendrick lamar's version of that experience i was i i felt it like it was wow yeah cuz from that entire album i think i've only heard two songs one is uh, good kid mad city uh the the one that's really the, the ultimate utter banger which i think is called mad city there's good kid and mad city is the one i'm talking about okay probably yeah. mad city yeah and then there's another one called swimming swimming pool swimming pools is the yeah like the breakout single from that yeah those yeah. are the only two songs from that album that i have swimming heard. pools narratively is like a almost throwaway song oh he clearly wrote it to be a single okay but then he also added the extra depth of like alcoholism in it There's references to alcoholism in it. Yeah, that song is is basically a drinking party banger. Yeah. But underneath the surface he's talking about having an alcoholic problem. What the fuck? Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't even know that. That you don't need to listen to this also the the I mean you have to understand what he's saying, but the vibe also is very much like that like where it's like you're having f- he's cuz there's a line, right? When you black out. Up until you black out it's a great night. Well, it's amazing. After you black out and make a big scene, then it's a bad. Then it's a bad night. So mm. he's like on that line in that song. Oh, yeah. I don't know, dude. I guess whenever I've heard that song, all that's ever remained with me is the chorus. Hmm. I don't know how much attention I've really play paid to the mm. lyrics itself. Yeah, dude. The lyrics is like. First you sw- uh, fill a swimming pool with some liquor and you dive in it and uh, all the girls want to play they watch. Mm. Like I I thought of it as like he's diving into a pool of liquor. Like he's this is a self-destructive process and all the girls want to play and they want to watch. Oh. Yeah. So he's like a clown to them in that moment. Yeah, it's like this is all just destructive behavior but that's that's what it is right now. that's pretty deep hmm and it i wouldn't go through i wouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt like i mean you can call this wanking but it's kendrick tomar it's mm. not little pump song <laughs> that's pretty intense yeah yeah i don't know maybe i should try listening to an album like front to back i just don't know i just feel like i'd zone out I think uh, do it the way that you would like it which is have the lyrics in front of you open genius mm. and then just keep the lyrics from the first song and then so think of it as you're reading a poem mm. and there's an audio book to it oh okay that's not a bad idea actually mm. yeah yeah and if you're getting bored just change because it's not supposed to be boring if you're getting mm. bored means it's not done the job you know move on it shouldn't it shouldn't be difficult Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think still now also I don't listen to music solo mm. with only focusing on music. Yeah. But it's still definitely albums like back to back like from front to back. Cuz even if it doesn't have a proper concept through it, the way they arrange the songs also will be 
in a specific way to to make it a nice experience like the first song will be this catchy banger okay the second song will be a masterpiece 10 out of 10 the best song in the album sometimes is the second song okay then the third song will be the single from the album and then the fourth and fifth song will be like the you know the good the fo- the quality of the fourth and fifth song will determine the rating of the album oh it will run out, if good bands will have a good fourth and fifth song bad bands run out of steam by then mm so then the fourth and fifth song will be like decent sixth one will be instrumental dude let's all take a chai break mm. <laughs> a lot has happened we've been through a lot let's calm yeah. take a nice instrumental chai break <laughs> then the seventh song will be another banger okay ninth song will be little emotional mm. and then tenth song will be like this grand ballad finisher 10 minutes long okay two minutes solo fuck it just like really <laughs> really indulge and then that'll be the end of the album so it's like this experiences arranged in that way wow you know to be fair though like i've realized that i also have that same issue when i'm watching movies hmm like i just have no interest in sitting there for like 2 2 and a half hours trying to get into the mood of the movie you know like there are very very few movies that have actually like captivated me i think you're fair in that criticism honestly yeah, yeah i think the, con- the reason my movies are long is laziness okay yeah lazy editors and lazy directors make long movies unless they deserve to be long like all of christopher nolan's movies i feel like are just way too long nolan's movies huh? yeah like every single Did one you feel interstellar was too long i think that was mostly fine no even though that was two and a half hours yeah that movie was paced pretty well tenet was too tenet long was for me because it should have been five minutes <laughs> I was very I felt it's too much. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> mo- I just hate that movie. Dude. It's just <laughs> I can't get over how much I hate it. <laughs> what does he do? What what has he done recently? No. Uh, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer you thought it's very long. Oh, dude, I thought it was way too long. Also because I didn't really Okay, so I've tried watching clips from that movie again. Hmm. And I mean, I guess like I went into that movie with like very different expectations, which is maybe why I didn't like it. Um you were expecting CSI maths. Yeah, I was <laughs> expecting like CSI just like quick maths everywhere. Okay, okay. And what I got was like this political thriller. Ha uh-huh. ha. Which was built to be like some sort of superhero film, which uh-huh. is not what I wanted like at all. Hmm. Like I don't know why he tried to make a superhero movie about scientists. Dude. Why do you say superhero movie? I'm not getting like, that part. Like I that was the vibe I got from this movie. Like uh-huh. the loud music, uh-huh. the constant cuts. moving back and forth between multiple locations then like that scene of him trying to recruit scientists from different universities literally felt like it was picked out of a fucking marvel movie you son of a bitch yeah i mean <laughs> yeah that was I, he tried to make it seem like a superhero movie but that's what did happen like they made the avengers of maths <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really that cool <laughs> I I guess I just wish it was like a little more slow and silent. You know like like really let the moment sink in. And okay this is like a general criticism I have of all of his movies. They're uh-huh. just too fucking loud. I don't need to like have all my senses assaulted every single second of the movie like throughout. Oh so you're saying let a moment sit in silence. Yeah. Because like I feel he lets moments hit but he lets the sound do a lot of the heavy lifting like in that speech scene. and the interrogation scene 
the speed scene is when they detonated successfully correct but do you remember how loud all of his movies yeah, are yeah. like it's just too much dude like even that interrogation it felt like there's something fucking pounding in the theater mm-hmm. which is that constant bass rhythm that kept yeah. going yeah like i don't know i feel like mm, i'm trying to think of a movie that was good and like silent dark night no he didn't rely on like bombastic no. sounds for that darkness right? was also the same to me it was just loud okay. like constantly did nolan do inception yeah okay and inception was also really fucking mm-hmm. loud mm-hmm. i'm trying to think like there are a few movies i've seen which are like really good at doing the silence oh probably the jordan peele films films i haven't seen those get out i haven't seen that huh? i've seen parts of it i'm too scared oh yeah i forgot yeah huh. get out us i haven't seen those oh uh, okay but also horror movies i don't know if they count because that silence is like playing into the horror aspect of it i'm trying to think of like non horror films that's a fair point yeah yeah mm. um salons okay i know a tv show that does it really well huh. succession hmm hmm succession has if you notice there's actually not a lot of background music in succession yeah they Which, let the awkwardness and yeah. you feel like you're in, and especially because the camera is behind somebody usually yeah. you feel like you're in the room with them yeah. and the sound it sounds like that also and they really let like the awkwardness like sink in yeah like they don't try to cut it out with music they don't try to like mm. alleviate it in any way they mm. really let that shit sink in and the the music is not like that heavy bass hitting rhythm nothing it's like very soft hmm That's interesting. I wonder if that's Yeah, that's a very good point. I like that. Hmm. I think you've convinced me. I think yeah, Oppenheimer I I could he could afford to tone it down a bit. Do like it. the interrogation scene and the speech scene, those were intentional. Like uh, dude, I hated that speech scene. Oh but i mean it's yeah. uncomfortable because like no it's not that it was uncomfortable huh. it just felt it just didn't feel like it flowed at all flowed with the rest of the movie no just like in general like it was supposed to like make me feel a certain way right it's like uh, okay his movies have no subtlety in them yeah yeah like he will take the emotion and huh. he'll just like ram it down your throat and tell you like this is how i want you to feel yeah which i just i'm not with that at all dude okay i hate like movies tv shows that do that like i don't like being told like this is the emotion okay. and the music is going to play into that and the actor's facial expressions are going to play into that and the words he's saying are going to play into that like all of it okay so Let's do an experiment then for the speech scene uh, after the success of the Trinity explosion. Uh, what? Take me through that from your perspective. Like, what emotion did you feel? No, 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 trying to make you feel. I think he was just trying to make me feel like the horror of what Oppenheimer was feeling. Damn it! I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'll have a different one. I'd be like, see? No, see, but different. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It was. It. It's too much. Huh. like an at least to me like an emotion is supposed to be subtle like if it's being rammed on your throat then the guy just doesn't have a good way to convince you of what he's trying to say i have a rebuttal in a nice dialogue also okay you're asking a movie where a guy is scared of a nuclear bomb to be subtle <laughs> yeah asking a movie where a guy is scared of a nuclear bomb to be subtle yeah 
he's afraid of an explosion that might ignite the atmosphere and like yeah so like there's nothing subtle about that no like and that's the ultimate fear like it's the first time that is no matter what has happened in the past nobody has had the ability to destroy the earth after the success of the explosion he knows from the math and his colleagues and everything he's worked for till now that he has finally created the ability to destroy this planet so that scene totally fits with that realization during his speech uh i mean i suppose like what i would care more about is just understanding like okay this guy is horrified hmm but letting me realize that on my own hmm and i don't particularly care whether he realized that oh okay wow this thing can destroy the whole earth cuz everybody already knows that there is nobody on earth who doesn't know that an atom bomb can oh, destroy the yeah, world but he knew it in a until the explosion until the trinity test concluded he knew it in a theoretical way mm. which then doesn't matter much as soon as it's a success then it hits you i guess i mean see what you're saying makes sense like mm. he conveyed what he wanted to convey yeah i'm just saying like dude sometimes he just seems he just seems like a classier michael bay to me like honestly wow yeah it's a rough one yeah like dude his movie oppenheimer reminded me of the transformers the first transformers movie like honest to god like the close up shots the loud as music the constant fucking thrumming in the background no matter what was happening hmm i almost feel offended like, <laughs> it's like fuck that's that's mean <laughs> yeah man i don't know like when i think uh, about oppenheimer the only other movie i can think about is transformers maybe i think i'm willing to agree with you on this oppenheimer's uh, sound design thing yeah in interstellar in tenet see in this Sachin. is another thing i feel like hans zimmer is way too overrated okay i mean that's fair i, I don't i also don't rate him so much yeah though. like i don't get like why he, this dude wins like academy award after academy award uh-huh. like okay you remember watching that movie arrival <laughs> like i loved the sound design in that yeah that was really nice hmm. and see that movie was silent yeah it was yeah there was silence in that And uh, who is that director? Dennis... Uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Okay, I'm not going to go with his <laughs> last name. Fuck it. I call him Dennis V. Yeah. yeah. See, what... Okay, how do I say it? Villeneuve? I think the way Americans say it is Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah. Okay, Dennis Villeneuve. Sure. Yeah. So, like, his movies in Arrival and there was one more, right? Dune. Uh, not Dune. Um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. See, mm-hmm. I love Blade Runner, dude. Mm. Like, I fucking love that movie. and that's one of the slowest movies i've seen so for me to be willing to sit through that with no complaints that's like a fucking feat but see the setting uh, uh, what do you call it nolan doesn't have the same premises as those three movies what do you mean nolan's premise is like 10 nerds doing maths mm. and then there's bombs which mm. is helps him he's like mm. thank god at least something i can explore <laughs> <laughs> but like dune blade runner 2049 and arrival There's so much to do with these three premises. This these three what? Premises. Okay, huh. There it's much easier to, you know, there's a lot more to do. Cuz like you decide what the aliens look like, how do them how do they meet the first aliens? You can do whatever you want. It's all fictional things. Uh. Yeah, so there's there's a lot more meat there to work with. Whereas 
Nolan had to make dialogue and people writing on a board and being nerds like cinematic. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Like Blade Runner 2049. Like half the movie is just like, you know, visuals, visuals and vibes like damn, what a vibe. <laughs> Cigarette. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, Nolan made a movie about the atomic bomb. He had the biggest visual to work with like ever like literally hmm and i barely saw it in the movie but it wasn't about the atomic it was about oppenheimer and his relationship with it no correct but yeah. i'm just saying there's such a big visual for you to work with yeah and that, that's the, what what you saw is what he's using throughout the movie everything was loud and his speech and that uh, interrogation that interrogation had that f- flash of light Mm. I saw it as a bomb going off on him like yeah no I yeah. got all of that uh. it's just yeah okay I don't know I mean if you're saying that mm. uh, those three de- uh, villainoy villainoy what villainoy villainoy movies have mm. more meat to work with I mean there's nothing I can say against that uh. yeah but you agree the premises are much more meatier now uh, with oppenheimer no dude I don't I feel mm. like that was a meaty ass premise like there was so much to work with over there like so mm. much witty dialogue that could have been written yeah but it's so that, many that, inside I'm jokes i'm saying that it's all dialogue yeah i feel like dialogue can really hit honestly like my mm. impression of oppenheimer mm. is this dude try to make a blockbuster more than a, just like a good movie hmm because if you look at most of that villainov's movies mm. they don't really do well like mm. they do reasonably well but they're not like the number one in the box office for like months in a row or anything like that but oppenheimer for me it feels like he made it in a way where it was meant to be like a blockbuster box office hit before it was like a good movie and mm. i think those two things can be like mutually exclusive hmm something doesn't have to be a good movie to be like a box office hit hmm. i'm not saying i don't like like i i i need like some intellectual depth in my whatever the fuck no hmm. i don't need that i just want to like enjoy the experience of it This yeah. just felt like I was being assaulted in the theater. Hmm. Like I'm a, a contrasting scene is I suppose the final spoiler alert mm-hmm. if you've not seen Blade Runner. Spoiler. Remove the headphones. <laughs> the the final scene of Blade Runner 2049 when uh, what's his name did Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. after after the whole movie's natak is over he just dies on the steps. Yes. The silence of that. Yeah. So in that it's you're you're not total because of the premise of the movie of him being spoiler <laughs> of him being a replicant yeah uh, the whole premise and uh, so you don't really know what he's feeling yes you're filling in the blanks with your own i like that yeah. i like that i don't know what he's feeling hmm. like i i need some room left for like my own interpretation in uh, oppenheimer that is very clearly not the case and i think that's maybe by design like this guy clearly doesn't want me to even think about what i'm feeling he's just telling me what his character is feeling but i i don't know actually that's the first time i've heard someone phrase it in a way that really agrees with me hmm. but yeah i like no when you described your the way you want something to happen that's the scene that occurred to me that's the scene okay. with silence yes. and where there's room for interpretation yeah, yeah. like I, i like having room for interpretation i mean i'll watch like a movie that very clearly is not made for that like fast and furious hmm. there's nothing there like you just do, walk in turn your brain off watch it and you walk yeah. out which is great but i feel like oppenheimer there was so much room to do something like that 
to make it subtle to make it, to leave you unsure about what his final thought was about what had happened and if it was just a biography i still feel like uh, there is no way you're going to capture a man's essence in like a two and a half hour movie there is no way you've extracted every thought of his onto a film hmm there's still room for misinterpretation uh filling in the blanks like like leaving the audience in like you know a state where they like oh shit like okay i don't know how i feel about it mm-hmm. because there's no room for me to feel anything okay i can yeah i still feel you're being a bit harsh to nolan's oppenheimer specifically not just just that movie okay um but i think you've shown me how his style is a particular way and he did the yeah. same style in inception yes. in interstellar yeah. in tenet yes and i think he finally found the story that fits best with his style which is oppenheimer really i feel like inception was the thing that fit best with not inception interstellar that was the thing that fit best with his style oh yeah and I, okay yeah interstellar also because it's not grounded in any form of reality I would He can yeah he can go do like whatever he wants which is great cuz I feel like that's where he really shines but in something so grounded as like a biography about a person somebody who's as influential a figure as Oppenheimer I just yeah I can't imagine it like can you imagine if uh Nolan had made Gladiator hmm I dude I I don't I think I would have hated that movie. Macha but he made Dark Knight da. Dude that's what blows my mind about uh-huh. this guy. He made Dark Knight hmm. and then this. Which is something I just don't get. But also to be fair Dark Knight also is it's gritty and everything but it's not necessarily grounded in by the real world. It's still his own fictional world he's created. Dude but when Dark Knight came out Mm. superhero movies were this very fantastical thing yeah he grounded them uh, i don't know if i'd call it grounding he just made it like gritty no bro he made it way more like the dark knights gotham feels like it's on earth it feels like you can drive there like mm. it feels so real ah uh, okay Aaron i see and eckhart what you mean. in that courtroom yeah like that's a fucking real us courtroom it feels like that mm. okay i see what you mean mm. Yeah, okay. He made the he made the superhero movies grounded sure. Mm-hmm. But I still don't know if he's the kind of guy who can pull off like a biography mm-hmm. of somebody who was a scientist. I feel like he's good at making like these magnum opus movies. You know where there's like a big spectacle. Mm-hmm. And a biography isn't a big spectacle. But ironically, I don't like Interstellar because of the way he did it. Did I would argue that he tried to make it realistic. Because oh. in Interstellar, he spends a lot of fucking time explaining the physics, which he doesn't have to do. Mm. He can chuma do space, space, pew pew pew, and all that. Did he really, really spend that much time explaining the physics? So much, bro. Like really, like they they really made sure the audience could understand gender relatively, dude. Hmm. Like th- throughout science fiction, the concept of gender relativity has been there mm. since the sixties onwards. the we all known that if you if you go near the speed of light you age less yeah. than here yeah but no one's done it the way he did it in interstellar where that's the plot <laughs> <laughs> okay 
the abandonment that his daughter feels is made worse by the laws of physics. Mm. Because, because now she, she spent her whole him. life and for him it's been 3 hours. Yeah. And then he uses physics as a plot device. McConaughey mm. like sees when he comes back after 3 hours of the mission, he sees 50 years worth of videos from his daughter mm. and he breaks down into tears. Like that him that See, that scene, scene is, was amazing. Yeah, that scene has caused by him making it realistic and being grounded. that is what actually would happen see i love that scene hmm. because there's no background music in that if you remember hmm there's nothing okay it is him sitting there watching these videos of his daughter hmm so that was an amazing scene and i still feel like he can really let loose when there's like a big spectacle to be displayed sure he might have grounded it in physics yeah but i mean Yeah but I don't huh. I feel he fucked up because I was totally invested in the movie and even towards the end also until I I thought about it and saw it again then he brought in his typical blockbuster love angle the uh. the mold of the story is love Oh I remember we had a conversation about this once before yeah. where you didn't like what was the problem with what he said what the movie was about It was so realistic yeah. and so complicated and so much insanity and all that but then it turns out that the fairy wand movie magic thing of love being the only thing that transcends space and time is what is the moral of the movie like love is so important wait why was that the moral of the movie because uh humanity figures out how to do whatever technology they want to do by the father's love for his daughter sending that information back to her by entering the black hole Wait, what? He goes into the black hole. Correct. And then he sees he goes into a five-dimensional space. Correct. Where he sees, you know, his daughter being young. And humanity has to figure out the how do you say? The solution to the equation to figure out Correct. whatever they need to figure out. And only by going to the black hole do they get it. Yes. Then they compile it. Yeah. And then now Matthew McConaughey has to figure out how to give it back to human beings. Correct. That's then that's when he does it through his daughter. He tells his daughter through the falling of the dust and all that and she figures it out like that. So they form kind of a time loop. Yeah. So the reason all that is possible is because of his love for his daughter. That's the only thing pushing him throughout this whole thing. And it's vind- it you see if you're not if you're not buying this no, I'll it's vindicated by what he does in the end with Anne Hathaway's character, which is um once they reach a point where they're kind of like very super fucked they have two options two planets they can go to yeah one planet their computers ai and all of them agree that this is the most viable planet by what they have to think and hathaway is like listen i think we should go for this even though the data is saying this she let me remind you she's a scientist mm. the, these four people are humanity's last hope mm-hmm. if they fuck up she's the best of the best of the best of the best of the pinnacle of the best scientists the mm-hmm. greatest minds on earth mm. She says the data d- is supporting this but instead we should go to this planet. And then her the one that uh, you know other messy scientist is like bitch just because your boyfriend is there I'm not fucking going there okay. <laughs> and then she admits also yeah I love him. I want to go there because I want to fucking see him again. Is that so fucking bad? Mm. You know she's like that that's her thing. And in the end of the movie they reveal that the scientist they the data uh, um, you know how do you say supports is because that motherfucker mad demon's character doctor man yeah. fabricated the data to make it look good yeah and if anne hathaway's love was believed from the beginning they would have gone to the and at the end that planet is the planet that they had they was the correct one correct so love is the correct answer 
Wow, dude, that is not the conclusion I drew at all from that. <laughs> that is the conclusion. I don't know. I guess I drew a very different conclusion. Huh. The conclusion I drew was more like one yeah these people are really smart hmm. but they are just human beings hmm. and one of those scientists who went to the planet wanted to be rescued so he fabricated data yeah and this uh, uh, anathwe's character admits that yeah i have all this data and blah 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 hmm. but what i really care about is seeing this person again yeah and as far as uh, matthew mcconaughey being able to transfer inf- that information to his daughter hmm. yeah he went into the black hole because of his love for his daughter hmm. but i mean the entire movie is about his love for his daughter so i didn't find that surprising at all and anyway they explain mm. the mechanism about why he was able to survive in there because humanity from the future was able to construct that 5d space yeah 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 so him going into the black hole because he loves his daughter seemed totally plausible to me like why else would he do any of this that all is cool that yeah. it's a logical loop yeah there's no there's no flaw in the logic huh. i'm saying that that's boring oh okay what did you want instead just anything better like it, the 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 end, the last half an hour was a bollywood movie like you're saying it got too emotional yeah, not just emotional it's like this is the movie was so well done so huh. complicated it was building and building and crescendoing and then the end like sheila ki jawani is playing <laughs> like that's how i felt like that that yeah that's how i felt basically Crazy. Like I thought I was watching I thought like in in the theater I was like oh my god mm. I am watching in the theater right now the greatest movie of all time mm. like I'm going to talk about this 30 years from now but it's like on that like that I was saw it when the greatest movie of all time mm. and th- and then in the end the last half an hour is like item number Farah Khan people are coming out dancing <laughs> doing like this hip motion and all that's how I felt. Okay so you didn't want the love story angle between Anne Hathaway and that uh, dot that scientist she that was That scientist like okay. it's okay if it was there but he he pins the entire point of the movie on that where she was right You could have avoided oh. all this bullshit if you had just listened to her because she loved him Oh I don't know. I guess the story of the father daughter thing kind of overshadowed that for me so I didn't really think about it too much. Hmm. And for me that love story between the father and daughter made perfect sense. Like sense is not what I'm saying entertainment. Yeah. I didn't feel entertained by that. Like that's how oh, many, I, we've seen that 6 billion times but every movie Oh, you wanted to see something different. Yeah, and the movie was so different. It was like everything was different. I don't know. I, I mean it kind of reminded me of that movie Gravity a little bit. That was more for survival horror. No? Yeah, but it was still like for me, I guess what reminded me of it was the special effects thing. Oh, that's a different yeah. story. Yeah, that's a stylistic thing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, but there is one thing I've noticed. I feel like you really don't like it when like the love angle you mm. feel like is shoehorned in towards the end because you felt the same way about Attack on Titan as well. Shoehorning. Or even like it's just introduced as like the final third of some act. No, Attack on Titan also I was fine with. No, but you didn't like that love angle between Mikasa and Eren, right? You thought it was No, I criticized it because he it seemed like he forgot about it. And then the end is and then the end like one posted note was there like oh, love okay, angle. Okay. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I could, yeah. everyone knew he's doing this in the beginning. Yeah. But we were also waiting like when are they going to bang, dude? <laughs> and then season 4 part 3 is like oh, whoa, whoa. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. it was that angle that love was interesting mm. because the seeing that he based it in the whole show 
like i've not seen many things where somebody loves somebody and they shouldn't yemir loved the king but she, so much was caused because she couldn't think for herself and she mm. was blinded by that love that's a rare that's not a very common story yeah that's a pretty unique story yeah okay so i guess for you it wasn't so much about the love thing is so much yeah. like the rehashing fathers love their daughters chicks love their boyfriends dude mm. oh fucking i'm damn surprised <laughs> shocking more at 11 <laughs> but i don't know man can you really write a story without talking about like a father's love for his kids because every mm. famous story is basically about that or some variation mm. of that yeah but we're in the age of like subversion and doing something in a fresh way no hmm. we all know fathers love their daughters and all we all know fathers love their kids but do it in a fresh way not for the just and don't make it simply gritty like oh it's uh, my kid is a heroin addict like fuck, mm. uh, fucking that also can be interesting at least something different oh, okay yeah. oh, okay fine i get your criticism like in the golden age of television every story can't be the same do something different mm. yeah i don't, guess you don't green light full house Yeah, I guess you could show a fucked up version of love like Succession did. Yeah. Like a fucked up version of a family's love for each other. You know, maybe yeah, Succession is a great example. Yeah. It's a satire on those people themselves. The concept of like should like a family be running a company like this? Do any mm. of them deserve to run this company? <laughs> yeah. Do it makes you think, do is this a family? Do they love is is am I is what I'm watching love mm. or is it greed? Yeah, that that show definitely really makes you think. Exactly. Okay, that's fair. Hmm. And and it makes you think not necessarily in the very intellectual jackoffy way, but in the same way that the Blade Runner ending scene made you think. Hmm. Yeah. What what could he be feeling? Relief? Yeah, yeah. Is it sadness that he realizes he's alive now, but he'll never get to experience it because he's going to die? What is he feeling? So many different things fit there. I don't know. So the conclusion I've reached now is that Nolan sucks. Hmm. That I just do. I mean, to be fair, I never really enjoyed him as a filmmaker. Hmm. I think I liked his movies when I was younger because I liked the loud aspect of it. Okay. But I think as as I've watched more, especially I think Succession changed my impression quite a bit. I think the silences really play like a huge part. And as far back as I can remember his movies, even Inception, they're all loud. Hmm. They're all so loud, and I don't get why. Hmm, maybe it's like this, because Dennis Villeneuve and uh, Nolan—they're certainly masters of their craft. Yeah, Villeneuve is younger, obviously. So, but then he's good track record so far. Um, both of them, definitely, like any director, will have their own style. It just so happens that Nolan's chosen or, you know, his proclivity for that style is a very mainstream blockbuster type of style. Like he likes loud things and he likes expressing things with loudness. Yeah. And that just happens to be a blockbuster material. So probably executives love him. Whereas Denis Villeneuve, you know, my counterpoint to him is that he's had easy stories. Hmm. His stories are very easy to make exciting. Hmm. And and before the Dark Knight. If you told someone like, "Here's a brief, like make a superhero movie that's grounded, that feels like it's real," so no one had achieved that, except for Blade, maybe the first superhero thing. 
You don't think even the Spider-Man movies achieved that? Absolutely not. No, no, no. no. Which Spider-Man movies? The Tobey Maguire ones? Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the time the Dark Knight came out, only the Tobey Maguire movies had come out. Tobey, no chance, dude. Dude, if you watch those again, you will see, dude. It's. I mean, yeah. To be fair, I haven't seen them in like fifteen dude, years. Watch them again. It definitely establishes like this is a fake cartoony world when okay. this is happening. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it finally comes down to personal preference. But I feel mm. like you saying that Dennis Villeneuve has had easy stories. Like, have you seen his movies, The Prisoners? No, oh, I've not seen that. Yeah, The Prisoners, and there's another one called uh, Enemy. Uh huh. I haven't seen Enemy yet, hmm. but that's supposed to be his best movie. Okay. And that's like just follows a. Uh, it's a simple story. Hmm. There's no. It's there's no sci-fi element to it. Nothing. And even Prisoners is the same. Okay, I'll be interested to see those. Yeah, you yeah. should. Oh, have you seen Sicario? No, no, that's also him. Oh yeah, dude. Okay, if it's you been want on my list for a while actually, Sicario. If yeah. you want a grounded movie, yeah, I can't recommend anything apart from that because it's literally about the Mexican drug cartel uh-huh. and the FBI's cooperation with them. Cooperation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to some degree. Okay. But what's that? Illuminati, I'm making. Yeah, basically. Okay. But yeah, okay. If you think his movies are not. either grounded or they are not or oh. they are easy material yeah like i'm not impressed by his like i'm more impressed by, by what no- nolan managed with oppenheimer mm. than what villeneuve managed with the rest of his movies they're great and i like them better mm. blade runner 2049 is better than oppenheimer to me okay yeah but i'm saying this is a tougher thing to this brief is harder than this brief is what i'm saying okay i think you should try watching sicario then mm. okay because there's no sci-fi element to it there's yeah. no fantastical element to it mm. it's literally a movie about real people okay i mean not real people in the sense they actually exist mm. but like real people as in they're just human beings yeah there's no aliens there's no invasions mm. there's no s- advanced technology mm. it's just a bunch of dudes with guns and it's an amazing film that got me thinking actually you oppenheimer tried to do a bunch of things It was a crime espionage sort of situation. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, a political thriller. Uh, a maths. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maths, and then a, a wartime scientist kind of situation. Mm. What if instead they made Oppenheimer one, two, and three? Oppenheimer one is just him becoming elite in school mm. and doing all his research and all that, mm-hmm. which I think is the movie you you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Second movie is him uh, becoming the person that the U.S. would call for the situation. So seeing all his achievements as an adult, mm. and then the third movie is the last two acts of Oppenheimer. What we saw, which is him dealing with the fallout of that which is guy, him, the Trinity that project, Levi Strauss, the Manhattan Project, all that, and then the fallout from that. Oh, I would want the second movie to be just about the project, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. And then the third movie could deal with the aftermath of it, about how he got backstabbed by that guy Levi Strauss. Okay. Mm-hmm. And all of that. Okay. Yeah, sure. I feel like that might make a good movie. Yeah, I mm. think my problem was this movie was just too many things at once. Yeah, mm. maybe maybe that's what it came down to. Because he made a two and a half hour movie, mm. and it still felt like it was rushed. Because it's hard to make like a movie about science, a scientist becoming who he was, and the politics surrounding all of it. Yeah. See, also, I feel like maybe this didn't hit me as hard 
although i don't know how it would hit anyone as hard if they weren't like immersed in american culture mm. but like in that movie being called a communist is almost like a death sentence yes yes yeah but the weight of it for me isn't there mm-hmm. you know what i mean cuz like i don't really know what it means to be a communist and i don't know i didn't know what a bad word it was in the us to be called in like the 50s and 60s yeah. so maybe that's also why i didn't feel the weight of the political aspect of it so much oh so you found out about it after the movie only i mean i knew being a commie was like a big deal in the us yeah but i didn't realize like it was such a big deal that it could have you thrown out of the public eye itself just being linked with communism oh only after you didn't know this going into the movie i didn't know i i mean i knew being a communist was a bad thing because of its link to links to soviet okay, russia okay you didn't know it was a straight up cancellation offense like yeah okay. i didn't know it was such a big deal i was mm. like yeah okay some people have different proclivities but as long as they're not causing active harm mm. but apparently at that point you would literally be called a traitor to america mm. if you were declared a communist yeah that's why yeah. him having communist friends i think even the his interrogators believed that he wasn't a communist mm. but that's such a smoking gun they want to bury him with it like you know mm. it's easy oh this is a layup dude he's hanging out with communists <laughs> fucking just bury him under that yeah. yeah like how people get cancelled now for a sexual harassment scandal not that they are anymore i guess mm. but you know what i mean like it's it's a death a pedophilia Mm. you might as well be a pedophile in america rather than a communist seriously yeah definitely e- even now no definitely. not now now i don't think so. now yeah, now no. i don't when think all it's fucking berkeley and all what they're doing yeah now. now i think it's kind of cool to be on the on the end. on the coast it is in the middle of america i can still i think it'll still get you shot but yeah so what's the difference between between being a communist and a socialist cuz i've heard germany described as socialist under hitler but russia was always described as communist uh they're both i'm de- i'm certainly not you know informed enough about this but from what i understand is that they're both roughly similar and germany's form of socialism in quotation marks uh, was a bit of a what's the word for it a rug pull a red herring not a red herring but a bait and switch mm. where it was they just made that party a socialist party to get popular vote mm. and and it was decently socialist but with an ethnic flavor to it okay like we believe in the empowerment of not workers white people of aryans mm they think of the workers as a race of people so like that there there was that but the the our workers are the aryan people mm and we want the supremacy of them we want them to control everything and expel anybody else in our way so it's that's why it was a nationalist socialist institution okay and so i think socialism and communism i think has some very deep like some an expert would tell you a lot more but i think the i think it's just sort of at the level it is now which is a semantics thing mm. socialism is kind of you're more focused on the workers and communism is you're more focused on what are what are the things we need to do to control things from the top they're more obsessed with the central planning of it and socialism is more express, is more interested with the workers benefiting mm. which ideally should be the same thing but not not always okay hmm that makes sense all right boys and girls we hope you learned a lot about the differences in you know politics religion <laughs> sociology physiology economics <laughs> um, yeah so like 
come back for more you know in case you want to increase your iq and all you know this episode would have taught you a lot and you know you're you're welcome <laughs> really yeah we'll see you next week guys we love you bye thanks guys <laughs>